Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You uh, podcast. And uh, just got back from Las Vegas where we had our VIP experience last week. And wow, I mean, all I can tell you is what a week, what a what a learning event we had. And uh, our speakers were off the charts, uh, made, as always, I always say there's two things that make a, a learning event work. It's the, it's the speakers who deliver the content, but more importantly, the people that are there to receive it. And we had superstars at each end. Our, the people that attended were just incredible. It was like they were just starting school out and they were just, you know, picking up every bit of knowledge they could. And boy, our speakers were delivering big time. So it was a fabulous week. And thanks for everyone that was involved. And we're going to continue on that. Uh, you know, sometimes I love momentum. It's a great thing in life and in sport and in coaching. And um one of my dearest friends in coaching is John Gordon, a fabulous author and speaker, uh, you know, and just close, close friend and, and basically someone who's been my coach for the last 10 years of life. And uh, John and I share so much, and um, he just came out with a fabulous book, which, you know, for the last several months he's told me about the planning of it and everything, and I'm just so encouraged by it. And I think it's a book that... Uh, you know, I'm going to go out on the limb right now before you listen to the podcast will be a book that every coach in America, man or woman, irregardless of sport, will have their team read this year. That's how good it is. That's how quick a read it is. But boy, you talk about leading from the inside out. This is it. The book is Coffee Bean by John Gordon and Damon West. And Damon West, you have never heard of. But Damon West will explode, explode into the sports world, into the life world, into the world of change in the next few months. Uh, I don't want to spoil your story, but when you finish listening to Damon West and John Gordon talk about the coffee bean, you'll be going to the store today to order. After this uh, timeout, you're going to come back and listen to the coffee bean story told by John Gordon and Damon West. 
This podcast is brought to you by BetPro, a world-renowned concierge nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle coaching company. MetPro is a proven platform to help people transform their bodies. Metabolic profiling is a process that allows MetPro to get a baseline to see exactly how your body is responding against a very specific set of variables. Their experts are trained to take those results and translate that into simple action steps. What you should eat, how you should train, and what your strategy should be to obtain your goals. MedPro's coaches are not only educated experts in their field, but they're empathetic to people that have demanding schedules and often stressful lives. They will work with you one-on-one to help you identify the best nutrition and fitness strategy that is going to work for your personal goals and lifestyle needs. And as a Coaching You listener, you can receive a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert. To claim this offer, head over to metpro.co slash coaching you. Again, that's metpro.co slash coaching you to receive your free assessment and consultation with a MetPro coach. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir and my Longtime friend and coach, my coach, John Gordon, is with us today. And John, one of the most amazing books I've read recently is the book that you and Damon West put out called Coffee Bean. Uh, welcome. And Damon West, welcome, my friend. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Brendan. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a really great joint effort, and we're excited about this book and the message. Well, tell me first, uh, you know, how... Did this concept? I remember we talked about it months ago when you were first conceptualizing the whole thing. But how did, how did, how was Damon brought to your attention? I was up at Clemson speaking to a football team as I do every year during training camp, and Dabo Sweeney told me, "Hey, we just had this great guy, this incredible speaker, talk about the coffee bean message. His name is is Damon West." And Dabo began to recite this message about the carrot and the egg and the coffee bean. And when I heard it, I'm like, oh my God, that is such an incredible message. Because I often talk about inside out, the power Mm -hmm. to inside out, as you know. Mm -hmm. And coffee bean message is just a great analogy for that message. So when I heard it, I Googled it right away. And I saw that there were some videos on it, but no one had done a book on this. And so Dabo encouraged me to reach out to Damon, which which I did. And I just said, hey, man, we should do this book together. Now, I knew I, I could have done this book by myself but because he was going around sharing this message already. And even though it's been a, a message that's been out on the planet a long time, I thought, you know, this would be great to do with him. And it just felt like I should do it with him. So I reached out. And he was really receptive to the idea of, of doing this book together. So I'd love, as always, you know, you and I have tossed back over the years the idea of, um, you know, being a uh, guy, you know, I don't know what the hell I am. I can't describe myself anymore. But I, I, I marvel at how you can write fables. And, uh, you know, and we often talked about, you know, maybe you shouldn't you know change up and write some books that aren't fables and stuff. But you went back to the fable in this one, right? And uh, boy, it was good. Oh boy, it was good. Yeah, short, sweet. You know, our vision for it was short, sweet, a simple fable with a great, powerful message 
a story about a, a young man named Abe who's an, who's an athlete who learns this lesson from a science teacher. That was something that Dave and I really brainstorm on. Okay, who's the teacher? How does he learn this lesson? And then what does he do with it? And we, we wanted it to be, again, a, a very short message. So we, we didn't want to convolute it with a lot of dialogue. So we decided to have an illustrator mm -hmm. do pictures with it. So, Brendan, it has pictures, which is great for you. I know. And I, I, <laughs> that's why I enjoyed it. I, I did the pictures first, and uh, the illustrator was really good. And I, so it, it allowed me to see the carrots in the pot and everything. Thank you for that. That was good. <laughs> So, so, the, so with the uh, with the pictures though, and the illustrations, the idea was okay. Let's reach people of, of all ages, and people feel great because they read the book in twenty minutes or thirty minutes, and then they get this hour message. and a half for and, others. You know, <laughs> I have you know a, a, a full day for you. Brent. <laughs> You're killing my brand. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> you know I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. Oh wait, no, 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 no! Shit! I just lost four speeches myself. Oh god! <laughs> so, but we're having CEOs read it. We're having eight-year-olds read it, and that was the idea behind it: is that it's a universal message. But once you hear this, you can't unhear it. Once you learn this message, it will change the way you think and the way you act. And that was the goal behind it. So last night, I know, um, you know. After we decided to do this, I, I found out everything I could on it. I must have called 10 coaches last night, and I'm telling them all about it. And every one of them is excited, and they haven't even seen the book. And I'm just telling them, you got to see these videos. you got to see this. It's the most incredible story of all time. Damon. Yes. I, I almost would say, you know, where do you ever think it is? Except you lived it. <laughs> you, it was, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, this is like, this would be, you know, a great movie in Hollywood you know, and where John lives, you know, out there with those fancy folks. And, you know, but, uh, you know, but all of a sudden you say, this is really true. This is what happened. You know, and, and talk about, you know, your life and everything. And, you know, you've, you talk about people's journeys. <laughs> Man, you've had one hell of a journey. And, and you know, Brennan, it, it's, it's a lot of self-inflicted wounds in mm -hmm. my journey, but it isn't everybody's story about a lot of self-inflicted wounds sure. and, and but it's kind of like what you do with that, turning your mess into a message. And the coffee bean story, it, you, one of the good things that John, when we were putting together, John and I were going back and forth about, you know, writing the story and how does Abe learn about it? And we have the teacher. But the teacher's name is significant in yes. this book. The teacher's name is Mr. Jackson. And so Mr. Jackson's significance is that when I was in Dallas County Jail, I had just been sentenced to life in prison for organized crime around a bunch of meth-related burglaries in the uptown neighborhood of Dallas where I was living. I was a stockbroker back in 2004, training to be a stockbroker, and I got introduced to methamphetamines. And, Coach, when I tell you that this drug completely transformed me into something terrible, I mean, I'm, it was the most evil, most addictive, most destructive thing I've ever put in my body. And and I became a very bad person, and, and I've broken a lot of people's homes. And a jury in Dallas sentenced me to life in prison. So I'm in Dallas County Jail awaiting my transport to the Texas Department of Criminal Justice to go start serving a life sentence. And there was this guy in there. And, and I mean, it's a very negative environment, a jail mm -hmm. and prison. It's very predatory, very negative. Um, and I didn't really have a way to, to articulate that until this guy that he would always come check on me. The one guy in my pod, this older African-American guy named, and I called him Mr. Jackson for the sake of the story. I always call him Mr. Jackson. And Mr. Jackson... He had been to prison four or five times. He was a seasoned convict, but he was a real positive guy. And he'd come check on me. And 
one morning he particularly saw me struggling because all these guys in, in county jail are telling me I have to get into a gang if I'm going to survive prison. But, but Brandon, I've made a promise to my parents, a promise to God, a promise to myself that I wouldn't go that route, that I would turn this thing around, that I would come back as someone my mom and dad recognized. Because that's what the promise my mom made me promise to her before I, uh, before I went to prison. And so he said, Wes, you know, I see you struggling with this. You don't have to get into a gang, but it's the tougher route to go, to go alone, to go independent. But he said, let me give you an analogy. And then so what he said, imagine prison's like a pot of boiling water. And he said, anything we put in that pot of boiling water is going to be changed by the heat and the pressure in there. He said, I want to put three things in that pot of boiling water and watch how they change. And that's when he told me about the carrot, the egg, and the coffee bean. And, you know, the, the progression of it, you know, he's telling me about the carrot. I could tell him, well, the carrot turns soft when he asked me what happens. And he asked me about the egg. And I said, well, the egg turns hard. And he told me, you know, sometimes life beats people down and they get beat down so much they get soft. And sometimes they get beat down and they become hard and nobody wants to be around them. But he said, what about the coffee bean? And, and Brendan, I didn't have an answer. And, and, and Mr. Jackson, in his little voice, he, he, he kind of laughed and he said, you know, for a college boy, you're not too smart, West. <laughs> He said, if I put a coffee bean into that pot of boiling water, we call prison. He said, now you got to change the name of the water to coffee. And it clicked. It clicked. It dawned on me right then that this is my tool. This is going to be how I get through this process because I do have some control over what goes on around me because I can control the environment because I can create the environment. And, you know, I took that coffee bean message with me and I applied it. He, and, it, you know, it didn't come with a rule book or a how-to manual. And so I had to go to prison and survive in a very difficult atmosphere. If you read my book, The Change Agent, it goes into a lot of detail about what those first two months of prison were like. It was a baptism by fire. But because of that coffee bean message, I had a roadmap. And, and then I found out along the way the different ways to become a coffee bean. And, um, you know, the rest is history. I mean, it, it, it transformed me and it transformed the environment I was in. And it tells me, and I think it tells everybody else, and John and I spoke about this in that first conversation. And by the way, that first conversation with John, when he called me up out of the blue, first of all, I was like, you're, you're John Gordon. You're calling me. How do you even know who I am? You know, and that's when he told me about Dabo. And I even I even told John, John, go write the book by yourself. Man, you can do anything. You can do it if you want to. But he he was he's dead on when he said he wouldn't do it by himself. Um, but when I, John and I talked about that first time, my thing was this. I said, John, if that coffee bean message could get me through a maximum security penitentiary living hell in the state of Texas – then it can get anybody through anything they're going through. This message needs to be needs to be told, and and thankfully, with John Gordon, the platform is there for it to become a message heard around the world. After this break, we're going to come back and show how you've done that. Let's hear from one of our latest sponsors, Max One. As you know by now, Max One is the all-in-one coaching app that allows your team to train, communicate, and stay organized all in one easy-to-use spot. With all these useful features for one low price, I can't emphasize enough the value Max One can bring to your program, especially as the summer months heat up and you continue to plan your off-season. I know how hard it is to keep your athletes engaged once summer hits and your team starts to head in different directions. I'm confident Max One can solve these problems for you and keep your program connected to help ensure you run the most effective off-season as possible. Max One allows you to create individualized workouts for each player on your team with videos attached and deliver them right into your athlete's phone, eliminating spreadsheets and paper handouts. 
and you can then combine these workouts into an entire off-season program tailor-made to fill the weeks leading up to your season so that your athletes stay in the gym all summer long. You can even track your athletes' progress on the Max One leaderboards to see the work your team is putting in, keeping everyone on the team accountable while encouraging a culture of competition. I also love how the calendar feature allows you to keep everyone in your program on the same page. Workouts, schedules, open gym, or tournament games can all be organized via color-coded schedules, ensuring your athletes are in the loop with details on whatever events you have planned this summer. To learn more about how Max One can help you run your program this off-season, head to their website at GoMaxOne.com. That's go max one O-N-E dot com and schedule a free 15-minute demo with a Max One program specialist. As always, mention that Coach Brendan Sir sent you and receive a special discount if you decide to purchase. Again, visit www.gomaxone.com right now to schedule a free demo. You won't be disappointed. Back with Damon West and John Gordon uh, talking about the coffee bean uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I've been as a coach to many prisons and I've seen inmates, I've had a few players, unfortunately, be put into prison and, uh, I can't imagine walking in your shoes, you know, and I, and I say this, you know, you know, being a coach that coaches African-American kids my whole life, uh, and loving them and they're like my own kids and, but to be a white kid in prison. It's a tough way to go. I mean, over, you know, 50, 75 percent of our prisons in America are, are filled with minorities and unfairly, in my opinion. Uh, but how does one survive in there? You know, to, to, to your point that you just made, I concur. I couldn't agree more. When I walked into the Texas, the Texas prison system and I saw all the brown and black faces looking back at me, my first thought, Brennan, was what happened in America? How is this possible that this this low th- number of percentage of our population makes up such a great majority of the prison population in America? And, you know, I go around to college athletic departments all over the country, high school, too. And I'll tell them in the rooms because you're talking about predominantly African-American mm-hmm. rooms for the most part. And I tell them, hey, look, if you're African-American in this country, you cannot get in this system. You can't get a, a marijuana charge. You can't get any kind of criminal charge because once you're in the system, it never lets you go. And it wants you in there more than it wants anybody else in the system. And that's unfortunately um, mm-hmm. a product of our criminal justice system. I just got my master's in criminal justice. Uh, I graduated in May from Lamar University here in Beaumont. And Congrats. one of the things I talked about in these classes with a lot of these criminal justice practitioners is there's more than one justice system in America. There's a white one and there's a black one. Mm-hmm. And um, so you, you hit that point well, and I, I think that you've gotten – you've absorbed that being a coach. John and I have talked about this very same thing before. So it's such an important message to talk about because me going into the prison system, you know, as look, I'm going in as a middle-class white guy that has had an extraordinary life. I, I, I was a college – I was a Division One college quarterback, uh, graduated with – I got a bachelor's degree, which is a higher education level than most people in the state prison system. You're talking about – uh, people with about the seventh grade education is, is about what I, you know, what it comes down to. You're talking about a lot of people with, with junior high education, but I go in there. I've got, I worked in Congress. I worked for a guy running for president in 2004. I worked on wall street and now I'm in a maximum security prison and all of that training, all of that, that life, those life lessons I've learned 
mean nothing inside this environment. And I am, I am, I stick out like a sore thumb, Brandon. Man, I, I look different. I speak different. And, and honestly, I'm hated by just about everybody in there because sure. the, you know, the over, over, the underlying theme of prison that Mr. Jackson told me, he said, first thing you need to understand about prison, it's, it's all about race. He said, that's the way the inmates want it. That's the way everybody wants it. Everybody gets in your own racial group. He said, and you want to go against that because you were raised better than that. You know, my father, I talked, I talked to you earlier about him being a sports writer. He was the first sports writer in this part of Texas to put a black athlete on the front page of a sports page. And that was 1971. That guy was a guy named Joe Washington. I don't even know if you remember Joe Washington. Played running back for the running Redskins back. and Oklahoma yeah. Sooners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first black athlete in this part of Texas to be on the front page of a sports page. And my dad was the one who did it. My dad's got a box of hate mail at home to prove what this decision was like back in the 70s, you know. And so, you know, and he fought those battles the whole time he was a sports writer. So, you know, I was raised in a town that's predominantly African-American. Port Arthur, Texas is predominantly African-American. You know, I played sports. I'm coming into an environment that is predominantly African-American. And but the problem here is, is that nobody likes me. The, the, the blacks don't like me. The Hispanics don't like me. And most importantly, the whites don't like me because I won't get with the program. I won't join the Aryan Brotherhood, the Aryan Circle, the White Knights, the Woods. I will not get into one of these gangs because I don't, I don't buy into their ideology of hate. And uh, so I don't want to assume their baggage. And so I fight those guys off first. It takes a couple of weeks. In the next four weeks, I spend my, my time fighting you know, the Crips, the Bloods, Gangster Disciples, Mandingo Warriors, because they're sending the black gangs after me now. It, this is literally, they're going to break me. Mm-hmm. And so about six weeks into it, Brennan, I'd say, you know what? If I'm going to fight these guys, I'm going to do it playing sports because I'm an athlete. And I, I've been an athlete, and we were joking around about being coachable, and I, and I could be coached. And so one thing I knew about growing up in Port Arthur, I've, I've been the only white guy on the basketball court before. So one Monday morning, man, I take this wild, crazy idea out to the basketball court on the max on the on the life sentence building where I live, everybody in the building's got life, man. And so we go out there on that basketball court, and and the blacks are on the basketball court on that life sentence building. There's no whites allowed. Just like on the on the volleyball court, the volleyball court, there's no blacks allowed. It's always Hispanics and whites. And you know, there's other places where you can inter, intermix the races, like the handball court. You can play all races, but if you partner up and play doubles, you got to play with someone the same race as you. Just like on the weight stack, you want someone to spot you. He has to be the same race. So I go and. <clears throat> I get myself into a basketball game by snatching, by getting the basketball in my hands and not giving it up and telling these guys I'm playing basketball today. And, and so they have this thing where they're going to shoot for teams to be, see who's going to be team captains. So mm-hmm. they tell me, man, you got one shot, make it count. And, uh, like, here's the deal. If I don't make this shot, they're going to kill me because I've just violated one of the, the major rules about race in the prison. I'm on the basketball court. I'm not allowed to be, but if I make this shot, Brennan, they're going to hurt me, man. They're going to let me know. They're going to honor it, but they're not going to, they're going to let me know. I don't belong, and thankfully, I make my shot. I pick my team. The other guy makes a shot. He picks his team. What should be normally be a five-on-five game ends up being a nine-on-one. Man, none of those guys want me out. My own teammates don't want me out there, and it's brutal. It's 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 basketball in the life sentence building. But you know, this goes on for about six days, and after six days, man, I am welcomed in by the blacks. And you know, they're telling me you don't have to worry about the blacks the rest of the time you're in prison. <laughs> you know, you pulled something off out here we've never seen a white guy pull off before. And the first thing I thought about, Brennan, and this is no lie, it, when they accepted me and they welcomed me after day six of that on a Saturday, it wasn't about, oh, man, this is great. It was Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson and that coffee bean story. Because here's the deal. You can't think about how uncomfortable it was for me to be the only white guy on that basketball court in that life's in this building. You got to think about how uncomfortable it was for all of those guys to have me on their basketball court. 
you're talking about 20 years of conditioning for some of these guys and a bad belief system that tells them that white guys don't belong. And in six days, they accepted me. In six days, everybody became coffee beans. We had a pot of coffee on that basketball court that day. And every day after that, because they'd come to get me all the time, Brendan, and say, come on, Wes, let's go shoot some hoops. Hmm. And that was good, man. And that was Mr. Jackson's coffee bean story in practice. And that's the first time I understood what I was dealing with with the coffee bean story in practice. You know, uh, you know when, when, when I do a coaching clinic or when I speak, my whole purpose is to stimulate thinking. And, boy, you've set me off on one right now, Damon and John. Uh, so with what is going on in our incredible country right now, which is a shell of itself as we, as we speak, you have now, you've now have a book and a message that both of you can go out there and really do what we need to do is really reform our country. And it, it, the, the, so, you know, it's like one of those teams in the NFL or NBA or college football that's supposed to be the best team in the, in the country, but it's by reputation only. So I think we're, as a country, by reputation only, the best. You know, we, we self-designate ourselves as best. But you got to play the game to be the best. you got to act it. you got to be professional every day. But what your message is is about telling people how to. So, Damon, when you go out and you speak, whether it be to high school kids or to people in the prison system or to the Clemson Tigers, the best team in the country, tell me how you do it. So John and I talk about this a lot because we, when we're coming up with the coffee bean and we've got uh, you know, a, a how-to guide pretty much. And the video, John, John asked, you know, asked me to put together a video for this uh, Power of Positive Summit that we, that we just had. And in the video, I give the five basic ways that I, that I figured out. Like I said, Mr. Jackson didn't give me a how-to manual. And so the first rule about being a coffee bean is your body language. Because your body language, people read your body language for cues all the time. Your body language actually speaks before you ever open your mouth. You walk into a room and people are reading your body language. So if people are going to read that, give it the most positive language you can have. Turn on a smile, especially when you don't feel like smiling. One of the things Mr. Jackson told me, he said, man, if you walk around prison with a frown on your face all the time, you will attract that same kind of inmate. He said, but Wes, if you walk around with a smile on your face and you let those guys know they're not getting you, no matter what they do, you'll change that prison from the inside out. He said, the best part about it is other coffee beans will find you because of that energy. And, and John talks about this a lot is the power of, of energy attracting each other and, and the ability to repel what you call the energy vampires. Right, John? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and so the first rule about being a coffee bean is to, to turn it on with your body language, man. Change your energy in the room with a smile. Start with that. Second rule about being a coffee bean is, is you got to get up every day and go work out. you got to go after it. You've, and I'm not talking about working out physically, Coach. We know that. I mean, you go into these sports rooms and, and these college programs, these guys are, are physical gods. I mean, they're, they're chiseled. They're, they're the best athletes in the country. But, but look, let's talk about really working out. Let's talk about three areas, spiritually mentally and physically you got to get in shape every day you can't take a day off of working out spiritually and what does that mean and then spiritually working out means you know do you tap into god every day every week every month every year i mean if you don't it's a big universe you should give us some thought and and when you when you're talking about spiritual working out is hey you know at the end of the day do an inventory do i owe someone an apology what did i do to put back into the stream of life today that's how you spiritually work out because that's what the universe demands of us and mentally working out how do you work out mentally i mean what what you know i ask these challenge people all the time what kind of books do you read what kind of websites do you go to what kind of videos do you watch what are you putting in because you are what you eat 
and physically working out, do you take care of yourself? I mean, you got one body. Your body's your temple. Make it count. You know, are you getting enough rest? Do you put the right foods in? Do you work out? These are the areas that a coffee bean works on. And so the third rule about being a coffee bean is uh, the secret to life. And the secret to life I've learned, I've watched a ton of John Gordon videos before I even knew John Gordon. And John Gordon was tapped into this thing long before I ever knew, long, long before we ever had a conversation. I learned what the secret to life was by a bunch of men that would come into the prison and minister to us inmates. They'd come in for these church retreats and spend four days in there. For four days, these guys would give up their lives, their jobs, their homes, their wives, their kids, their lives outside of prison to come in there and minister to us. And that's what taught me the secret to life. And the secret to life is serving others and being humble. It's called servant leadership. Two words, servant leadership. Servant leadership is when you're helping other people achieve their goals in life and you're asking for nothing in return. And when you're there in that zone, you're really producing something for the universe. And, and so that's the third rule about being a coffee bean. The fourth rule about being a coffee bean is uh, you got to know what you control. And John talks about this, too, and a lot of his uh, a lot of the stuff he puts out on social media about the things you control in life. And really, the four things you control in life to be a coffee bean, the four things you control in life are what you think, what you say, what you feel. And most importantly, because everybody's going to see this, what you do, what you think, what you say, what you feel, what you do. That kind of stops between your between your ears there, Brandon. Because that's that's really what everything that you control is between your ears. It's in your mind. So those are the four things you control. And the last part about being a coffee bean, and this is something that I've learned a lot of even on the outside of prison in this new life, this new wonderful second chance God has blessed me to have in this life, is that your past does not define you. Because your past, you know, even if you failed at some things in your past, your past is your lesson. We learn from that. And, and that means your past good stuff, too. Your, your past wins don't matter. Your past losses don't matter. Your past is your lesson. The present today, that's a gift. And that's what we try to do. We try to find what we can do to put back into life today and help other people. That's our gift. And the future is our motivation. And the future motivations should be to be a better husband, a better wife, a better father, a better mother, better brother, better sister, better future servant leaders. And, and that is is when you're being a coffee bean and you're making a pot of coffee. I love, I love those five. They're really special. After this break, we're going to come back. I want to mention, I want to talk a little bit with John about servant leadership. We'll be right back. Fast Model Sports is the world's most comprehensive, versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding in the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and iPad to providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. It doesn't stop there. Along with FastPro, they have other great programs such as Fast Scout, which helps coaches create clean, professional scouting reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by all NBA and WNBA teams, 85% of Division I college teams, and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills on their online coaching community. 
For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. John, uh, you did a podcast recently with our mutual friend Tony Bennett. And uh, when I was with Tony um, oh, last month, he uh, we were ta- having a really in very deep conversation in his office, and he said, "Brendan, my goal, your goal in life, should be a terrific foot washer." And I'm like, "What? What did you just say?" You know? And he said, "Yeah, you know that's what that's what you really want to be in life as a good foot washer." And I said, "Brother, you lost me. Explain." And he talked about, you know, Jesus washing the feet of the apostles at the Last Supper when they came in. And he said, the essence of servant leadership is to be a foot washer. And it was like one of those aha moments. And uh, had you ever, you know, I know you're so biblically brilliant, you know. I'd never heard anyone, you know, talk to me in a non, you know, preaching mode just in the conversation as that had you ever heard that before like that oh yeah tony and tony as we know is incredible yes his character and how he lives his life and how he honors god and what he does he's just amazing and you know watching damon live his life the way he has for god is incredible too you see the the transformation that happened with with him and it happened with me years ago in Mm -hmm. 2006 you know i was baptized that relationship with God just changed everything for me. And so you can see how transformation just happens. And when you don't, if you haven't been through it, you don't understand what people are talking about. But Mm -hmm. once you go through it and it changes you from the inside out, you then start taking the servant leadership mindset, this foot washer mindset Mm -hmm. in everything you do. And then people see that there's something different about you and, and how you lead, right? Dabo Sweeney, the same way. Now, I'm not a foot washer, right? I uh, want you, people you, to know that. You like manicures, maybe, frankly. Yeah, like, yeah pedicures, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, again, that, you know, <laughs> Jesus did that. But the, the idea is that, okay, maybe you're not meant to wash feet, but there's a way that you can serve mm-hmm. that fits who you are and what you do. Damon goes back into prisons now and talks to, you know, to prisoners there and, and talks to them about hope and talks to them about this message of, of the coffee bean. And by the way, he got out after seven years. It was supposed to be 65, right. a life sentence, but he got out because he, trans- he transformed his environment from the inside out. God had a big play in that, a miracle in how he gets out. No one gets out on their first no. chance in parole. I read his book, The Change Agent, by the way, and off the charts, like after you read The Coffee Bean, you then need to read this book to understand how this came to be and the power behind it because his story is a movie. I mean, as you're reading this, you're going, I cannot believe someone is going through this and now has been out for just over three years and then doing the work that he's doing. When I got to Clemson, as we talked about earlier, Dabo's like, we just had the most powerful talk we've ever had. I said, Dabo, you know, I speak to the team. Yeah, I, I was just... What are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, See you later, this... John. See yeah, ya. <laughs> well, we're actually both speaking this year. And yeah. it's just different because when someone's telling their story, when I can share principles of leadership, that's what I do, right? I'm a teacher. I share right. these principles to being a great team, being a great leader. When someone comes in there and talks about their story and the embodiment 
of that principle. Just like Inky Johnson talks about overcoming adversity. Mm -hmm. There's no better example than someone like that overcoming sure. adversity. And then you see someone like Damon who com comes in and talks about transformation and being a coffee bean. And you've lived it. And that's your life. And that's your story. And the way he tells it. So powerful. So I believe we're all washing feet in different ways. And the idea is to be a servant leader in whatever you do. And to know that you don't have to be great to serve, but you have to serve to be great. God. And as I wrote, and as I wrote about in the carpenter, which you know, I know you love the I principles love of, yeah. of love, serve, love and that. care. Love that. And I think that that really defines servant leadership right there. How can you love? Who can you love? How can you serve others in your own unique way? And how can you show that you you truly care about them? And your care is what separates average and greatness. Your care is what makes other people great. That when you care about them and you invest more time, energy, love, spirit, and passion into what you're creating, what you're building, then you build greatness. And here we're reaching a lot of coaches, right? So as a coach, time. guess what? Greatest thing you can do is care about your players. When you care about them, you truly care about them. You're going to want to help them get better. You're going to invest in them. You're going to develop a relationship with them. And when you do, guess what? Then their performance will enha be enhanced. I love that. Damon, you have great respect for, you know, as a football player for coaches in your life. They're important to you. They've helped you, you know, get where you needed to, you know, on the field and stuff like that. And in life, you know, that's what a real good coach does. But I always tell coaches you know you have to understand purpose uh the purpose of a coach is to take players where they can't take themselves right mm -hmm. you know uh michael jordan tiger woods everyone that you know kevin durant it doesn't matter a coach is responsible to help that player go that extra so now you've taken on the role of a coach to everyone you speak to when you go to a prison you're coaching those inmates on how to be, become better, and how to get them hope for maybe a way out. And so I think that's a, a, a different way of looking at it. But I think, you know, all of us, you know, I, I have this conversation all the time with coaches about, you know, to really be uh, a good, uh, really a great coach. And, and if you're married, you have to be a great parent first. You know, you can't, you know, you, you told me, you know, early on that, you know, you, you came from a great two-parent family and, and, and who invested so much in you. And, and so the same thing goes on now, uh, you know, in this life. But, you know, in going back into the prison system or when you go, it doesn't matter what football team, basketball team or middle school you're talking to, you're going in really as a coach of life. And, and I, I think it's coaching, as John and I have discussed over the years, is such a positive word, uh, you know, and it should be a positive word, uh, like teachers should be. And, and, I, and I just think it. But tell me this, when, when you're in prison, when you were there, um, how did you deal with, you know, everything's routine. So how do you deal with the incredible routine of monotony day after day great question and first of all to hit on what you said a while ago humbling words by you uh coach because that's i never had considered the fact that my life is like a coaching role now to coach people on this coffee bean message or or how to turn things around and, and that's uh both humbling and a great responsibility because i have so much respect for coaches coaches have meant so much in my life john posted something last week that got my attention 
and I, John, I think it was a Billy Graham quote. It said the average uh, a coach will reach more people, mm-hmm. will impact more lives in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. Is that exactly. something like that, right? Yeah, exactly Perfect. right. Yep. Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, what a quote by Billy Graham, right? I mean, that's that says it all. I mean, coaches have such an impact on so many lives, and they certainly did on mine. And to think that I'm a coach now in a way uh, that's humbling and rewarding at the, in the same time. So thank you for that. That's a new perspective, a fresh, healthy perspective. So you asked about the routine, the rote monotony of doing time. Uh, one of the things that I learned early on is that you have to do time. You can't let time do you because if you allow that time to dictate your life, then you're in, you're in trouble. Then you're getting sucked in. You're the carrot. You're the egg. And John talked about that a while ago. It's, it's you know the forces on the outside don't make us who we are. It's from the inside out. And so you have to create your schedule, and you have to create your life inside there. And it's just like a life, like anybody else's. You know, it, people in prison have routines, and and I had my own routine. In fact, I talk about it in my book, The Change Agent. I would get up early in the morning and start my routine out, and, and sometimes. You know, it's quietest early in the morning. Uh, it's most quiet early in the morning like that before everybody's up and moving around. Because after that, in prison, it's so loud. It's like living on an aircraft carrier. It's loud. It's hot. Uh, there's no air conditioning in Texas prison, by the way. Mm. And we're talking about southeast Texas, man. Beaumont, Texas, oh, the yeah. Gulf Coast. Oh, it's, it's, gru- it's grueling. It's so hot. But you have to have a routine. You have to – but you have to start that routine out talking to God. But more importantly – you got to start that routine out listening to God. It's something I've learned that, you know, all my life I've, I've told God what I need. I've, I've asked him for what I've wanted, but I didn't stop to listen to what God needed from me. And so I learned an important prayer. I, I'm in recovery now, and mm-hmm. I think every addict needs a program of recovery. And that's basically how we deal with our disease of addiction. And I'm in recovery for the rest of my life. I go to a 12-step group multiple times a week. And so but I learned how to pray in the program recovery. And I, and I started saying a prayer in prison that I say to this day to start my day out because it gets it in check because it puts me in my place in the world. And I get on my knees and I say, God, put in front of me what you need me to do today for you and let me recognize it when I see it. And that's it. I'm mm-hmm. off to the races. I don't need anything else. I don't, I don't ask for anything else because my needs, my needs will be taken care of, right? Not my wants, but my needs and then I go out about my day in prison or my day in life now, and I look for opportunities, opportunities to serve. You know, you don't have to be great. You don't have to serve. You have to be you have to serve to be great, just like John said. So I want to be great. But more importantly, I want to be useful. Whenever they came up to interview me for parole and, you know, this is my first shot of parole. Like John was talking about a while ago, nobody gets their first parole in a life sentence. But the lady looked at my my background. She looked at my parole packet. She's like, you know, I don't see a lot of people like you, Mr. West. She said, I got one question for you. She said, if you could be remembered for being anything in this life, give it to me in just one word, go. And Brandon, because I have a program recovery and because more importantly, because I have surrendered to God and God is driving the car now, just a passenger. I had that answer for her within seconds. And my answer, my one word answer was useful. I said, ma'am, I just want to be useful. I said, I can be useful in here. As I've showed you, I can be useful in here. Because I've, I've been turning that, water, that hot water into coffee for years in the prison at that point. I said, oh, I can be useful out there. I can go out there and share my story with other people and, and, and be a, a warning to some and a message of hope to others. But wherever I'm going to be, I'm going to be useful, ma'am. That's all I want to be in life. 
And that's what I found to get through my days, to get through the monotony is find ways to be useful in service work, you know, and that's what I had to do when I first got out of prison too, by the way, I didn't have all this going on in my life. I had a lot of downtime, a lot of free time. And my sponsor in recovery, my sponsor told me, Hey, you need something to do. First thing he said, he said, you need to go do service work because when you're serving other people, when you're helping other people, you can't get bogged down in your old, in your own problems. And by the way, you'll find out that you'll see other people's problems and you'll realize your problems aren't really that big. And so he said, first thing you need to do, go to a retirement home, go to, go to a, a senior citizen's home, go to the front desk, ask them for a list of people that never get visits. They'll give it to you. They don't care if you're an ex-con. They'll give it to you. You go and spend about 20 minutes with five different people that hadn't had a visit in five or 10 years. That'll change your perspective on life. And it did. It certainly did. I, I did that. And I, I went back to my sponsor. I was like, wow, thank you. Thank you for showing me how to serve. And, and that's what I do. I try to find ways to serve other people. That's what I did in prison. And that's what I do to this day. So in, in talk, let's talk about the book. Okay. So now the book, the way it's put together, as John said, incredibly easy read. Uh, with the purpose of the book, how did you design it for those that haven't bought it uh, to make it impactful? Well, you know, people always learn best through story. So yeah. we tell a story about a young man, Abe, who's really struggling, pressure, fear. He's an athlete. He's got a big game coming up. His parents are fighting all the time, likely to get divorced. So we see that he's in a big pot of hot water. And he's crumbling under the pressure, much like all of us mm -hmm. at some point in our lives. And so you follow Abe when he learns the lesson, after the lesson, and then we follow him throughout his life. We watch him go to, to, to the military academy to, to serve there. Then he goes and, and serves and leads a battalion. And then we follow him as he goes into corporate America after leaving the military. And then you follow him throughout his life as he starts sharing this coffee bean message with others as he after he transforms his company. And we trace him and follow him towards the end of his life. And so it's like a full circle journey to see the impact of someone who knows this lesson, lives this lesson, and shares this lesson. And so there's a lot of takeaways along the way of, of messages of how to implement the coffee bean and also how to be a coffee bean. And then just messages of overcoming fear with love and creating inside out and just a lot of great stuff in there. But yeah, very practical. We want a team to be able to read this together, a yep. group of, of student athletes who read this book together and know that no matter what happens this season, we're not going to allow our circumstances to define us. But also to know that when they go out in the world, that as a positive leader, they will transform the world always from the inside out. Brendan, I had a guy email me yesterday and said, you know, we're, we're, we're here, first generation immigrants. My kids are of a brown color. And after what the president said the other day, my kids are like, should, you know, we go home. Like they feel like, should we go home that we're not wanted here? And I told that father because he said, what should I say to my kids? He was mm -hmm. so angry. He was so upset. He was so angry. I said, you tell those kids that his words cannot affect them, that his words have no power over them, that it's just noise, that you tell your kids that you show up every day and you lead from the inside out. You be the leader that you want him to be. You be the leader that you can be. And in turn, you will impact the people around you. You will create your community. You will go serve and impact the people around you. And that's leadership. And if everyone would do that, if we would stop looking outside, and we would look 
inside. That's how we'll change the world. And so don't get upset what people are saying. When we look outside, we see race. We see division. When we look inside to the soul, we see that we're all one. We see the unity of, of, of that which we all are. And I think that's what's so important about this message. Like it, it hits you on so many levels. And a spiritual message. If you're a spiritual person, Jesus said the kingdom of God is inside you. The power Absolutely. is inside mm. what he was saying. So it really hits on all different levels, an athletic level, education, community, spiritual. And that's why, again, we knew we had to do this book together. And as you can see, Brendan, I picked a great teammate, didn't I? I'm well, really you always at- do. You stack the damn teams all the time. You always, <laughs> you always do that, okay? It pisses me I off, like, yeah. I, 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 I was like, this guy is, is, is an all-star, and I yeah. want this guy. Like, if I'm going to do something, you got to pick – great people to do it with and uh as you can see i, I picked an all-star oh well, no i'm i'm, I'm by, by the way john i'm i'm still man hey I'm, I'm humbled to be on your team and, and i'm grateful to be on your team but Brendan, i wanted to hit on something john said too when, sure. the, the, when we were putting this book together and this was john's idea and, and it was really good because we have abe we're sitting there back and forth about what we're going to do in abe's life and all these good things but john had the idea of putting some adversity into Abe's life, because what would a what would the story be if he didn't stumble and fall? If he didn't forget, you know how he got where he was, and and he didn't become that carrot, he didn't become that egg, and pull himself back out of it. Because that's what life's about, right? I mean, we're gonna we're, you don't have to win all your fights, but you got to fight all your fights. You got to get up every day and keep going. And and that was, I think that was one of the key elements to the book, and that was John's call. I mean, to his credit. He put some adversity inside of Abe's life, but Abe turned it around. Abe became that coffee bean again. And that's the point, that we can transition from these different phases to another, but we can always be that coffee bean. Those are choices. And and like he said a while ago, like John said a while ago, those outside influences don't have anything to do with you, really. It's what's on the inside that matters. And I think people in general are looking – a lot of people are looking to be led. Brennan, and, and that's and I think that's a, that's an axiom in life. You know, there's just not everybody's leaders, but a lot of people are looking to be led and they're looking for someone to lead them in the right direction. But look, in the absence of positive leadership, people will follow a bad leader. It, it, it's like a thirsty man in the desert. You know, if a thirsty man is running through the desert, and he sees a mirage. He may drink the sand thinking it's water and it'll kill him. The sand will kill him. And that's so true in life, too. If you find yourself in. in um, a deficit of leadership, a deficit of coffee beans, and all you find is eggs and carrots out there, people may follow that egg around. And that's why we need more people to be coffee beans. That's why this message is so important to get out there. And so many people, Brandon, great point, Damon. We talked about this last night. How this, you know, Damon and I have these great conversations about the world and how we can impact the world with it. And we're like, there are so many carrots and eggs out there and mm. very few coffee beans. And that's why so many people are triggered by what people say. That's why they're triggered by negative comments. And if we can truly understand that that we're coffee beans, then instead of allowing those things to affect us, we'll affect others. Now, if you're a coach right now and you have players that are on social media, which everyone is today, yeah. there's, there's this idea that says you got to get off social media or, or, or don't look at social media. No. The answer needs to be you should be able to look at social media and say that person's opinion does not affect me. That person's opinion has no power over me. You should be able to look at it, laugh, not be triggered by it. That's real power. 
and understand that you can transform the environment and through your own power, you can create the success that you want. So you don't allow the critics to define you. Instead, through your effort and your passion and your purpose and your work ethic, you will actually create success. And the critics after that will be looking at your success and going, okay, I guess I was wrong. That's the, that's the key. And so the idea is that you know, we're not going to have to run from the truth, right? We're not going to have to run or run from the negativity. We shouldn't have to run away from it. You need to face it with power and say, I'm going to go right at this and change the world. Because by telling people don't, don't look at it, don't listen to it, uh, you know, what we're saying is it has more power over you. What we really need to be teaching kids today is you have the power. You have the ability to change the world. And you may not like what you're hearing. Well, guess what? Go change the narrative. Don't run away from social media. Change the conversation that exists and make it more positive. Guys, this is this is one of the best things. I, I've, every one of your things, John, is amazing. And you know, and and Damon, you made me think about it when you know John talked about how he put a little adversity in there with A. But you know what? Almost every one of John's books, no matter what it is, there's a little adversity in there. And that's even my poor positive dog had adversity for crying out loud, you know. So, hey, the poor know. goldfish did too. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, these poor <laughs> bastards. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter. The dogs, the don't goldfish, poor Abe. You know, it's amazing. But you know what? That's what makes it a story, and that's what makes it so meaningful, guys. This is an honor to. I mean, and, hey, Damon, you're a hell of a coach, man, and you hooked up Thank with you, one coach. of the very, very best, uh, and he's my coach, and. And I, I tried to screw him up for a while, but, you know, but I, I just think this is so meaningful. Uh, I, I think this is one of those, John, I can almost guarantee every football basketball team, men and women in the country will be reading this book this year. This is my goal. This is our coaching you book of the year. Uh, it is just fabulous. Thanks for sharing guys. Hey, thanks, Brendan. And hey, uh, I know John. How, how do I know it's a Wiley book special? But I mean, how do how do people uh, get an opportunity to buy this book? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or you can just go to Coffee Bean Book, coffeebeanbook dot com, and um, or you know on Damon and social media, my, me on social media, you'll you'll see it. You know we're we're posting and sharing about it there. Uh, Damon, just for our our new listeners who are just getting exposed to you for the first time, uh, your Twitter for them to follow is yeah. Uh, at Damon West 7, D-A-M-O-N-W-E-S-T-7, my old college football oh, I was number. just going to say, man, uh, you and Kevin Durant now is number seven. <laughs> but my Mickey well, Mantle, he, my Mickey Mantle. But <laughs> You're Mickey Mantle. That's right, man. He, and he wore it well. But, yeah, at Damon West 7 at my website, if you want to get in touch sure. with me through email, is DamonWest.org. Okay, and John, everyone knows John's all all his social stuff and everything. He is the best there is, is. in the he world. He is, man. I'm happy to be on his team. <laughs> Brent, thank, hey, thanks for having me on today. What a great treat, man. Well, this, was, this was an amazing morning. Well, it was. What a what a way to make the sacrifice. We got John's uh, little fanny up right and early on the West Coast, and you, of course, <laughs> are Central Time Zone like me. But again, for our, all of our listeners at Coaching You, this was a great honor. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity to be useful. I knew you'd love it. I knew you'd love it. Now, my challenge to you as a coach, as a leader, as a parent, is everyone on your team, every player on your team, every child in your home, get them a copy because it's the kind of book that you want them to have for the rest of their lives. It's that much of an influence on them. You want them to live by the philosophy of the coffee bean. So whatever sport you're coaching, 
whether you're basketball, volleyball, football, it doesn't matter. You want to make sure that your team, as a team, is reading the coffee bean this year, and it will change the way you coach and lead your team. And the unity it will bring to that team will be life-changing. And that's what we're about. As a coach, we're, we're, you know, we're teachers. And we're about you know, putting our players in the best possible chance to win in the game of life. The Coffee Bean does that. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. <laughs>